Hey, welcome to the Revo Church Podcast. We are so glad you decided to join us today, wherever you are. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's message. And this week, if you're taking notes, we're really talking about this one thing, the priority. The priority. What is the priority? I want to start with this question, ladies. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to you first. And so how many of you women in the room could say that as a young girl, maybe it was because you watched Disney and you saw all the princess stuff and Prince Charming came along and he always swept the princess off of her feet. You know, as a little girl, you begin to dream of what that wedding would look like one day. As you get into your teenage years, in your early 20s, you're, you know, you're kind of getting closer to that time frame in your life. And so you're, you're dreaming of the wedding. You're going to the dress place. Come on, you got to say yes to the dress. You know what I mean? got to say yes to the dress. You're dreaming of what will that day look like for me? That, that beautiful white gown and the veil and all of these different things. You're, you're dreaming of the wedding. You know, maybe some of you are dreaming. What does that look like for me in, in a house? You're dreaming of that perfect house, that kind of that, that life house. And maybe some of your dreams are a little bit different. Maybe some of you want to live on a farm where you have cows and animals. Maybe some of you want to live in the city. Maybe some of you want the white picket fence. I don't know what your house looks like or what your dream is, but you begin to dream of these things. You dream of the wedding. You dream of your house, what that may look like. You begin to actually dream of having children one day, naming them. Oh, I, I want this name or I want that name. You begin to dream of all of these different things. Man, let me ask you this. As you were preparing to get married, you had dreams too. Come on, your dream was, how many of y'all just dreamed of having sex twice a day? <laughs> how many of you are still dreaming? It's a reality. Come on, our dreams are way different, women. I'll just tell you, we don't, <laughs> tell me I'm good looking and you know, whatever. You know, all those things are funny and we can actually say, yeah, that sounds about right. It sounds like the reality, but it's funny how our expectations of what we thought marriage would be fall short of what it actually is every single day. And what's really scary is when you begin to actually look at the statistics of marriage in today's time, statistically, 50% uh, of the marriages don't make it. Stats, statistics say that 50% of marriages don't make it. And those that do make it, a lot of those marriages are actually miserable. Let me ask you this. If you knew that there was any other area in your life where you had a 50% chance of something bad happening, don't you think you would do something to prevent it? If walking around, maybe you're a business owner in here and you knew that you had a 50% chance of something going wrong and your whole business collapsing, you're looking at the data, you're looking at the statistics, you're looking about what's coming in and you're looking about what's going out. If you knew that you had a 50% chance of something going wrong and your whole business would collapse, don't you think you would do something about it? If you knew that how I'm living my life, if you knew that putting your kid in a car, you had a 50% chance of something bad happening, you would not let them just kind of run wild in the back seat. You would make sure that all of their buckles were tightened up. 
Listen, if you knew that you had a 50% chance of a bear attacking you, you'd walk around with a gun all day long. Did I get an amen? We have a 50% chance of something bad happening to us. We would actually begin to analyze our life and analyze everything that we're walking through. And we would do everything we possibly could to prevent something bad happening. See, the reason why so many marriages aren't working today and they're struggling is because so often people are not spiritually prepared for a marriage that honors God. We're stepping into things and you and I, we're not spiritually prepared for a marriage that honors God. You may ask, is a, is, is a great marriage possible? The answer to that is absolutely yes. A great marriage is possible, but it's not likely if you follow the path that so many are following today. So my hope for every single one of us in this room, myself included, because I can get off track as well, my hope is that instead of saying that I found the one, I found the one, my hope is that you would say, I found the two. Come on, if you're with your spouse, say, I found the two. I found the two. You're probably wondering, Charles, that makes no sense. Why would I say I found the two? My whole life I've been walking around saying, oh, God, I just asked that you would give me the one. Come on, anybody ever do that? Lord, Lord show me the one. Make sure I'm prepared for the one. We go around and we're searching for the one, but here's the thing, your spouse is not your one. Your spouse is your two, why? Because God is your one. God is your number one. Your spouse is your number two. Jesus said it this way, when someone actually went up to Jesus and said, hey Jesus, what is the greatest commandment of all? What is the greatest commandment of all? Jesus looks at this individual and he says, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And then he goes on to say, then love your neighbor. What is Jesus telling us right here? God is number one. He is our first and everybody else comes next. Let me ask you this, for those that aren't married or maybe you're divorced and you're looking to get married again, my hope is this. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand in here if you're single, because maybe there's some people that'll be like, yo, okay, and you don't want them to, okay, you don't want to slide into their DM. You're like, yo, don't look at me. <laughs> I don't like you. You know what I'm saying? So we'll keep that anonymous. But if you are scoping and hoping, the church is the place to be. This is my hope for you. This is my hope. If you're single in here today, my hope for you is this, is that you will seek the one while preparing for my two. You will seek the one while preparing for my two. Listen, I heard this story several years ago. I actually shared this story in church. Uh, I don't remember when it was, but I, uh, I heard this story and I actually read this, 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 this story. And, um, and it was a girl who grew up in church. She was in youth group. She was a part of the church. She was very active in church. She was uh, a, a part of all of the, the things that were going on. She served in the church. She went on all the trips and man, very involved. A godly girl, God-centered girl, man. She gave Jesus her everything. And then as she went through high school, graduated high school, she went into college 
And in her college years, she actually began to stray from her faith. She strayed from her faith. And as she began to do that, she finds herself going into all the bars and in all the clubs and doing all these different things. She's drinking, she's doing drugs, she's in and out of trouble. She's in and out of with different relationships and different guys until one day at her sorority, there was a group of people that came to the sorority and they began to have a worship night there. And so they're worshiping God. They're having prayer. They're doing all of these things. They're worshiping God. And, and here's this girl who is watching this young man who is leading worship and praying for people. She's watching this guy and she just falls in love. She begins to say to herself, oh my gosh, he's the one. He's the one that I'm going to marry. He's the one. They get done with that worship night and she calls her mom on the phone. And when I read this, I begin to think to myself, man, that was a little hurtful. She calls her mom on the phone and she begins to tell her mom, she says, mom, you'll never guess what happened tonight. There was this gentleman that came to the sorority and he was leading us in worship and he was praying for people. And man, he was so moving. I mean, you could just see God all over him. Mom, I found the one. I found the one. Her mom looks at her and just listens to her talk and all of these different things. And the mom begins to turn to the daughter and respectfully begins to say, if he's everything you say he is, he's not looking for someone like you. I don't know about you, but if my mama told me that, I'd be like, listen, lady, let me tell you something right now. You don't believe in me? kind of hurtful if you think about it. He's not looking for someone like you. Andy Stanley says it this way. He says, become the person you are looking for is looking for. Become the person you are looking for is looking for. What does that mean? It means that God is my number one, that I'm going to search I'm going to dig deep and say, God, reveal things that are in me that are impure. Reveal some things that are in me that are not right. God, begin to search my heart like David says, search my heart, O Lord, and create a new right standing within me. Become the one that you are looking for is looking for because when we say to ourselves, no, God is our number one. And we give our hearts to him and we reveal everything to him and we begin to worship him. Then what happens is, is God is automatically preparing your number two. God is my one. Your spouse is your two. I'm going to seek the one living for God while he prepares me and brings me the two. Now for those that are married in here today, this is my heart for you. This is the goal that over these next four weeks that you and I will begin to understand and absorb this goal and we will begin to apply it to our spouse, our marriage, our own life. Is this, is that I promise God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. I promise God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. Where does this come from? This actually comes from Genesis chapter two. Where when God created man and woman, before he created woman, he created Adam. And Adam is going throughout the garden. He's roaming all of the earth and he's doing whatever Adam was doing at the time. 
and he's just doing his thing. And God actually begins to look at Adam and says, there's no suitable helper for Adam. And many of us know this story. God begins to put Adam into a deep sleep and pulls a rib out of Adam. And this is where woman is created, which comes from Genesis chapter two, verse 24. It says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become what? One flesh. God is our our number one. God is our number one, our spouse is our number two. See, the word leaves comes from a, a root Hebrew word called azab. Everybody say azab. It's a really cool word. What does this mean? It means to loosen or to relinquish. God is our one, our spouse is our two. See, when we think our spouse is our one, what happens is that we begin to idolize and we begin to demonize. Think about it. We begin to idolize him. Ladies, let me, let me talk to you for a second. In the beginning, when you're dating that guy, you begin to think to yourself, oh my gosh, mom, <laughs> dad. I mean, he's so laid back. He's so chill. I mean, he is just, nothing really bothers him. It, it, nothing gets to him. I mean, he is a man's man. He's always hanging out with the guys. I mean, he's always, you know, hunting and fishing. He's, he, can, he can just kind of, he's a guy's guy. He, he's just chill. He's laid back. Nothing bothers him. We idolize, right? In the beginning, we're idolizing him. Loves football. I mean, he loves some sports. Then you get married and then you begin to demonize them. And we begin to say things like, oh my gosh, he is so lazy. I mean, I can't get him to do a honeydew list. He won't cut the grass. He won't hang a chandelier. He won't do anything. All he wants to do is hunt and fish. All he wants to do is hang out with the guys on Sunday. Oh my gosh, you can forget it on Sunday. He's laid back in the recliner. He's watching golf. He's watching football. He's watching baseball. He's watching basketball. Mom, dad, I mean, I can't get him to do nothing. Ladies. We idolize, and then we begin to demonize. Men, you idolize. When you're dating, I mean, it's like we have rose-colored glasses. Bro, you see how hot she is. I mean, she is fine. I mean, she's so organized. She's so put together. I mean, you should see her house and how she makes a bed. I mean, she's got 50 pillows up at the headboard and there's a perfect crease right in the middle of all of them. I mean, it is the most immaculate, beautiful thing I've ever seen in her closet. Oh my gosh, it is color coded. It is organized. I mean, the kitchen, it is spotless all the single time. I mean, the dishes are never in the dish, uh, in the sink. They're always put away in a cabinet. We, we begin to idolize them. She's so driven. Then we get married. Then we begin to demonize. 
Oh my God, if she asked me to do one more thing, she asked me to do the dishes, I can't do the dishes right. She asked me to make the bed, I don't put the pillows on right. I just, I can't win in this relationship. I don't even understand. Fellas, she is driving me crazy, men. Don't say amen. (laughs) Women can do that to us. We can't do that to them. You idolize, then you begin to demonize. See, God never intended your spouse to meet your spiritual needs. This is what happens so many times. So many times we we find our spiritual need in our spouse and God never intended that to happen. He's never intended you to find your spiritual connection with God through your spouse. Why? Because God is number one. We don't find our spiritual commitment. We don't find our spiritual satisfaction in our spouse. Now, I'm not saying that you should not be leading your household. That's not what I'm saying. Man, let me talk to you for a minute. This is where that we as the men of the household should be stepping up and leading our household. Guiding them and directing them. I'm not saying that you need to be God to them. I'm just saying, no, you need to lead them well. What does that mean? Take them to church. Hold their hand. Pray with them. Speak life over the situation. Speak life over the house. No, you're leading them. You're not being God to them. Now, I do understand that there's times in our lives where men, we find ourselves just depleted and we're not able to lead. So yeah, the woman has to step up and begin to lead the household. I'm just saying we cannot find our spiritual satisfaction, our spiritual needs in our spouse. Why? Because God did not create your spouse to worship. He created us to worship him. So we have to begin to find ourselves in that. How, how does this play out? How, in reality, how does this play out? When you're dating, God is a priority and so is the person you're dating. They're a priority. When you get married, what happens is, is they become the priority. Then you have kids, they come along and what happens then is now the marriage is in a priority and God is in a priority. You have no time for God. You have no time for each other. And so let's fast forward now to where you've spent your whole life and now you're at the end of your life. What is it that you are looking for? Can I tell you that I've been to numerous beds in the hospital and in a nursing home and it always boils down to two things. Where do I stand with God? And where's my family? Where do I stand with God? And where's my family? I was at a nursing home a few months back and I had a gentleman in the church uh, who actually had called me and says, hey, my mom is in the nursing home. She's on her last breath. And I was just wondering, do you mind going by there and just praying with her? I said, absolutely. So I go to the nursing home. I kind of check in and I go to this lady's bed. She has no clue who I am. And I'm just sitting there talking to this lady and I had to wake her up. She was sound asleep. I wake her up and I begin to introduce myself. Hey, I'm, I'm Pastor Charles and your son had asked me to swing by here and just kind of hang out with you, pray with you. Is there anything you need? And, and as we begin to talk, I always ask these two questions. Where's your heart with God? So I ask her this question and I begin to say, hey, how's your relationship with Jesus? 
And a tear begins to flow down her cheek and she begins to say, oh, I love Jesus with all my heart. I love him with everything that I have. I pray to Jesus every single day. And I, I asked the second question and I begin to ask, I say, hey, do you mind sharing some of your favorite memories with me? Share, share some of these favorite memories that you have. She begins to cry even more. She says, I remember my son at five years old. I would just, I love just watching him run around the yard and he's playing and he's doing all of these things. Oh, I love my son so much. Sharing her life story about her son and these memories. And then she moves on to her husband and she begins to say, and my husband, we were married 60 something years. He was my whole life. I miss him so much. See, what's happening in this time is there are only two things that mattered. God and family. See, God is my number one and my family is my number two. And whenever anything takes the place of God or takes the place of the priority of God, even if it's something good, even if it's something good, those priorities are out of order and your marriage can never be what God intended it to be. I remember the first time, Mariah and I, um, our 10 year anniversary is in June. Come on, I made it 10 years, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty excited about that, way to go buddy. Pretty fired up, 10 years, who'd have thought that? Not me, but anyway, thought she'd have killed me by now. Um, 10 years, well, we were expecting, you know, we were going to get married. Our whole idea, our relationship goal, so to speak, is that we'd be married two or three years and we would start having kids. Well, the honeymoon had something else to do with that. You know what I mean? We get married in 2014. We have a child in 2015. And I don't know if you remember when you had your first child. Listen, I have five kids. I've got quite a few, but... Um, I don't know if you remember your first child. When you have that first child, it's like something so special. I mean, nothing could go wrong. You're looking at this child and you're just goo goo gaga. I mean, they're just pooping everywhere and you're like, oh, you do boo you baby. Doesn't matter. It's the most beautiful thing that God has created. You love this child. Well, Mariah and I, man, we love our, our first daughter and uh, we love her so much. And, and as we get home and as kind of the days and the weeks and the months start progressing, I start to notice a trend. I start to notice that I was no longer a priority. The baby was the priority. And I don't know about you men in this room, but I'm a needy husband. I'm just telling you right now, I'm, just, I'm a needy husband. I want time with my wife. I want to date with my wife. I want to make out with my wife. I want to watch shows with my wife. I'm just a needy husband. And whenever I began to see there was a priority shift, it was no longer me the priority. It had now shifted to our daughter being a priority. I began to get unhealthy. And so my unhealthy rhythms started to say this in my mind, well, if I'm not a priority and I don't matter to her at this time, then I'm gonna pour everything I have into work. I'm gonna travel more, I'm gonna go more, I'm gonna do more, I'm gonna kind of manufacture some things to where it's like I can begin to go and do and do and do. And if I'm not able to be home 
and be a priority, then I'm going to go out and I'm going to make myself busy. Come on, anybody else, just make yourself busy because you don't feel like a priority. And so here I am, not getting what it was that I needed as, as affection. And I'm not saying that I, I was you know, neglecting my child, but for me, there was a priority shift. So I found myself getting into an unhealthy rhythm of life and working and traveling and working and and, and, and traveling. And and here's the thing. It's not always the bad things that destroy the marriage. A child is a beautiful thing. It's a gift from God. It's not always the bad things that destroy the marriage. It's good things that aren't in the right priority. So we have to make sure that we understand that, our, our, that God is my number one, my spouse is my number two, and everything else falls in line. Did you know that God has a legitimate jealousy over you and I? That he literally has a legitimate jealousy over you and I. And that's why we find ourselves having a, legitimately, a legitimate jealousy over our spouse. We find ourselves being legitimately jealous over our children. Maybe you don't have kids in the room, but you find yourself being legitimately jealous over your spouse because they're always out with the guys or they're always out with the girls and they're just kind of doing what they do and they never really have enough time for you at home. So you're legitimately jealous over their time. Now I know some spouses, I've had many conversations where some spouses have a legitimate jealousy over their spouse's cell phone. I mean, think about it. You're laying in bed next to one another and then all of a sudden they just whip out their cell phone and they're scrolling and they're Amazoning. Come on, ladies. You know, they're just doing what it, what it is that they do on their phone. Guys, y'all are sports center checking stats. You're, you're doing whatever it is on your phone. And I'm thinking to myself, man, Can you think of nothing else better to do than be on your phone while we're in bed and the kids are asleep? Like, come on. Legitimately jealous over a spouse's phone. And that's why I want to make sure if you take nothing else away today, the thing that I want you to understand is that you have to protect the priorities. Protect the priorities. It's God first than your spouse. If you're married today and you're in this room and your marriage is struggling in any way, I can almost guarantee it that if you trace it back to this issue, it is that you're not fully putting God first. Where's your marriage today? Is it struggling today? And if you're struggling today, it's because somewhere along the line, somewhere on this path, somewhere on this marriage journey, the priority kind of got out of place. It was no longer God first because as we're seeking God, the Holy Spirit is filling us up. He's filling our cup. And now we're able to outpour out of the overflow into our spouse. We're loving our spouse. We're loving our children. We're loving ourselves. Because if you can't love yourself, how do you love someone else? So God has been kind of absent out of this priority and I can guarantee it. Trace it back. And somewhere along the line, there has been a shift change where the priority kind of got out of whack. So how do you do this? You want to grow together? You want to stay together? 
Listen, you've got to put God back in priority. You've got to make it practical. You've got to model this to your children. Talon would come up to me all the time and she'd say, Daddy, who do you love more, me or mommy? Well, not you, because I'm mad at you. But maybe tomorrow I will, because I'm mad at your mama. (laughs) But I would always tell her, baby, I, I love God first, the Holy Spirit second, I love Jesus third, I love your mama fourth, then I love you, then I love everybody else, you know? Then now, fast forward now to where she's grown up, I'll go up to Talon and I'll, I'll be like, baby, I love you so much. I love you more than anything else in this world. She said, no, you don't, daddy. I'm like, I don't. She said, nope. She said, you love God first, the Holy Spirit second, you love mama third, then you love me. I'm like, well, well done. You're a good listener. We have to put those priorities back in check. If you want to love your kids, invest in your marriage. Invest in your marriage. Why? Because we've seen this play out and maybe some of you are in this room today in this situation where your whole life revolves around your children. And now you're an empty nester and your children have gone and everything has shifted and everything has changed. And now as you're an empty nester, you look at your spouse and you don't even recognize who they are. Why? Because the intimacy is gone. You you, you let everything else take the place of your spouse. You didn't date. You didn't do anything. There was a lack of intimacy. And now that your children have gone, you have to learn one another again. Protect your priorities. Invest in your marriage. Why? Because your children are watching. You want them to be successful in their marriage. You want them not to be a statistic of 50%. And the way our our world is going now, who knows what that'll be years down the road. Listen, children are a temporary assignment. Your spouse is till death do you part. Man, I want to challenge you. Women, I want to challenge you. Take the responsibility to protect the priorities. Go home tonight and evaluate your marriage. Go home tonight and evaluate where you are and what may be off. Listen, Mariah is a phenomenal mother. Phenomenal mother. But it's a constant thing that if we don't communicate, it can get out of order. I love working. I don't know how to stop. I love doing things. It just doesn't come natural to me. When I'm sitting, I feel like I'm a loser. I have to be working. So what is that to me? It is something that can get out of priority and I begin to focus on that and I I, I neglect my family. So it's something constantly we have to talk about. Constantly she has to put me in check in. We have to protect the right priorities at all costs. Listen, if you want your your, your spouse, if you want your marriage to go the distance, pray with one another. Matter of fact, if you're with your spouse today, just grab their hand real quick for me. Grab their hand real quick for me. Lead them by example. Pray with one another. Make a point to be at these next three weeks for these relationship goals. We're We're gonna be unpacking everything. And I'll tell you one week, we're going to talk about sex, so your kids need to go in kids, unless you want them to learn. (laughs) But love one another, protect one another, serve one another, cover one another. 
at all costs. Make God number one, your spouse number two. Lead them well. Go to church. Be a part of our crews. We have, listen, we have signups today where you can go outside. In this season as our church, we're doing things a lot different. We're doing a book-wide or a church-wide book study to where every Sunday from 3.30 to 5 p.m., we're gonna be studying this book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And what that is, is because this year, health is my main priority, not only for myself, but for you. Many of you know that I went through a season where I was just, I was emotionally depleted. So I wanna make sure in order for me to be the best pastor for you, I have to be the best for me. And I want that for you as well. Sign up for that. It's 10 weeks. Lead your family in that. We have, uh, we've joined up with One Hot Studio where for 10 weeks we have two instructors that are gonna be leading you and exercising your body and getting your body in check. Sign up for that. Let's get our minds right. Let's get our hearts right. Let's get our souls right because when we get all of those things right and saying, God, I'm putting you first, guess what else? You have the best marriage ever. You have the best business ever. You have the best day ever. Why? Because it's, when we put God first, everything else falls in line. Go to church together. Read the word. Go on a date night. Get away. Listen, if you don't have the money to get away, get a tent and pitch it in the backyard. Just have a campfire. Do something. If you don't have money, I'm, I'll tell you what else you need to do. Some of you in this room, you need to get your, your fire and your spark back. You need to go have some parking lot parties. Well, Charles, what's a parking lot party? Ask me after church. Man, go out and reignite. Have a Nerf gun war with one another. Just get some Nerf guns. Chase each other around the house. Get back to the place you were when you first fell in love. You've lost the spark. You've lost the fun. I'm telling you right now, guys, when we get to that place again, you will begin to see an overflow of excitement for your spouse again. Some of you just need to go in your room, lock the door, give your kids some Benadryl or some melatonin and have a party. You know what I mean? Did I say that? Yeah, I did. Just saw you got to do it. Get your life back. Listen, it's easy to make excuses. Come on. How many of you know you can make an excuse for everything? It's easy to make excuses. But love makes a way. Protect the priorities. Protect what God joined together. What God joins together, let no man separate. Protect the priorities. I promise God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. God is my one. My spouse is my two. Father, we thank you so much for today. Oh Lord, I thank you so much for what you are doing in each and every person in this room. I thank you so much for what you are joining together and what you are building. It's a beautiful, beautiful masterpiece. And Lord, I pray over marriages right now because I know there's probably many in this room that are struggling. Many, of, many marriages in this room that are having a hard time, but there's many marriages in this room that are flourishing. I pray over the next four weeks, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to deposit something in every single marriage in this room. I know there's many people in this room that feel they're single or maybe they're divorced and they're wanting to be married again. And maybe they're feeling like, man, is anybody gonna love me? 
When is my time? I want to encourage you. Become the one that you are looking for. Let God be your first priority. And I can promise you that as you put God first, He will bring the right one to you. So I pray over every single person in this room, over their thoughts, their marriages, their children, their home life, Lord, that you would be with them. Give them the boldness to lead their family well. Give them the boldness to begin to lead in a capacity that glorifies you. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I want to ask this question. Maybe some of you are in this room today and you say, you know, Charles, man, this is hard for me. Maybe those that are watching online right now, this is hard for me because I have not been putting God first. I've been putting everything else first, but I haven't been putting God first. And I can see the unravel. I can see the frustration. I can see how things are beginning to shape out and I don't like it. So maybe you're in here today and you say, you know what? Today is the day where I have to commit or recommit my heart to Jesus so that I can put him first so that in the order of the priority, it is God first and then everything else. You're in here today and you say, you know what, Charles, will you pray for me because I'm ready. I'm ready to put God first in my life in everything that I do. If that's you, just slip up a hand real quick. I want to know who I'm praying for. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you in the back. Father, I pray for the hands that were lifted. God, that you would be with them, that you see their heart. You see their mind, you see their struggle, you see their frustration, you see the desire and the need for you being that void maybe that they have. Fill it. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, why don't we give God some praise in here this morning. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. If you've made a decision today to follow Jesus for either the first time or the hundredth time, Shoot us an email at info at RevoChurchFL with the subject line, I've Decided. And let us know where you're listening from, because we want to celebrate with you. Check us out on our socials at RevoChurchFL to stay plugged in with what's happening within our community. And we believe it's going to be your best day ever, if it's your best day spiritually.